Welcome. Attitudes of sexual integrity. This is Russ Shaw. This is ASI. Welcome to the show. Hey, I've had some uh, technical difficulties. I've uh, had a little email problem. I've got a few emails from listeners who are getting their emails bounced back. So if you've been trying to email me and if I haven't answered you, uh, chances are there's something going on with my email, and I apologize for that. I will give out my original email on the show here today, my Gmail account, which is crusshaw at gmail.com. If you're having a problem uh, getting a hold of me, uh, some of my British listeners are having a... Having some emails bounce back, so just want to make sure that everybody can get a hold of me. And if you haven't, if I, you haven't heard from me, then chances are there's something going on with my email because uh, you know you should have gotten a letter from me, a, a response to a question or anything that you've emailed me in the past. So just want to make sure that you know that I'm not dodging you. I'm not uh, trying to hide or anything. It's just uh, some some email issues. So. C. Russ Shaw at gmail.com. And yes, that is three S's in there. R-U-S-S-S-H-A-W. So, with a first, with C. Yeah. So anyway, getting on to the show today. Got some great points I want to hit. Got emails from some listeners, some heart-wrenching emails that I want to talk about. You know, it's it's tough out there, man. This is a tough battle. This is a tough fight. But you guys, uh, you guys can handle it. You know, you're out there. You're doing this. You're listening to the show, and you're fighting. And sometimes we get discouraged, get knocked down. You know, and I've talked about that a lot. But I want you guys to know that that's the only time you lose is when you stay down. Part of the deal, part of understanding this struggle, part of going through this is getting someone to understand who we are and what we're talking about. That's what I talked about in the last episode. You know, I went into a lot of that. Uh, asking, not telling. You know, let me ask you what's going on. So instead of you telling me how I'm supposed to feel, which a lot of us, you know, if we have intimacy issues, we can take something that somebody tells us and say, all right, yeah, well, maybe that's how I'm feeling. But then, no, because we, we analyze it and say, no, that's not it. This took me a lot of work because I, uh, I realized going back and, and looking at my childhood and just stuff like that, just how I grew up, that I was uh, programming myself to accept what other people told me, how I was feeling, and that was what was supposed to be, you know, okay with me. And that's how I was going to uh, respond. You know, you, you tell me how to feel and I'll feel that way. But down inside, you know, my heart would was not, you know, it was not clicking you know it wasn't clicking with what i was being told how to feel so hopefully you got that from the last episode i've got some email response from that um i've noticed something about people and i think i went through this in counseling too is that uh you know you you get into a, a discussion with somebody and if you feel like you're being judged by someone somebody will come down on you i feel like this person's coming down on me and they'll say something like you know, they'll just judge you in a way, and then they'll hit you in a part of your heart. And you'll they'll say something that pierces you to a certain degree. And and people with problems with intimacy, I've noticed this. I noticed this in myself. As we will say something like, you know what? You don't even know me. 
How can you say that about me? You don't know me. What are you talking about? How can you judge me like that? You don't know me. I remember saying that in my counselor's office. I think that was one of the times I actually stood up and and uh, and you know it was like he was telling me, "Dude, you're just a scared little boy," and that kind of offended me to a certain degree. I'm this freaking tough guy, you know. I've been in fights before. I'm not afraid of people. Don't get in my face, buddy. And and he was just kind of seeing this in me, this reaction in me, and saying, uh, you know, Russ, down underneath that whole tough guy thing, you're just a scared little kid. And, and he's true. He's right. You know, and I had to find that out for myself. I had to look at those questions and, and, and ask myself why I was, why I react in this way. You know, you don't know me. Get out of my face, you freaking jerk. You know, somebody can say that. Somebody who cares about you can say something that will pierce you. And you will respond with that. I have. Have you ever done that? I've seen that in a lot of people, a lot of bad boy types out there. You know, if you're one of the, the bad guys or the bad girls or you have this slack-jawed attitude, you know, that's how we can respond with that you know, you don't really know me. You don't know my struggles. You don't know how I grew up. You don't know nothing about me. How can you say something like that about me? And usually that gets the other person to, uh, whoa, you know, all right, I just said something totally, you know, heart-piercing, and they just start backing up on you right away. And that's usually what we want. That's why we we react that way. That's why we get angry. That's why we freak, you know. That's why we, hey, you, what? You know, or what is... uh. The actor, you know, he's, uh, who was that? That was, uh, De Niro. And he was in the, the movie. I forget what movie it was. And he's with that attitude. He's like, what? What? You talking to me? You talking to me, buddy? Or Joe Pesci in Casino, where the guy's all, you're pretty funny. You make me laugh. And he's like, funny. Funny how? You think I'm a clown? You think I entertain you? And then he beats the crap out of the guy. But that's usually what we do. It's kind of this, all right, you're getting a little too close here. And then it's kind of almost our way of putting our hands out and going, hey, wait a minute. That's why it's so important to find uh, a safe place, to talk about your stuff, to talk about your issues, to talk about your hurts, your pains, where you're not coming out with uh, guns blazing. You know, We can get backed into a corner. Sometimes us addicts are a lot like rats. You know, you back, and I listen, I'm not trying to, Say you guys are bad for being rats. I have pet rats. I've had pet rats since I was like, I was a kid. My mom got divorced when I was like seven years old, and we moved into apartments. And my only pets that I could have were rats. You know, I I had pet rats. I get them at the pet store, and you know, put them in an aquarium, and get them a little water bottle and all that stuff, and I'd name them. And they were my rats. But I noticed one thing about a rat is that if a rat's not real trained, if it's not tame, I've got a few rats at the pet stores that were older and they've not been held a lot, and they will uh, they'll attack you. Usually they'll run. The first instinct is to run, but then they'll turn and bite you if you're not. Uh, if you're not safe, if they're afraid of you, you know, if they don't know you, they will bite. You get them backed into a corner, they will do that. And I think we do that when we get angry, when we get somebody is coming close to our heart that I'm not sure that person's safe. So we bite. I've got a listener who uh, emailed me with something that kind of relates to this whole being backed into a corner and and not feeling like anyone's a safe place. 
and reacting and he was talking about this on his blog and I and I encourage you guys to check it out it's uh healedaddict.blogspot.com and he was talking about this red lizard analogy that I used way back in episode 4 which I encourage you to listen to it goes back to an uh old story by CS Lewis and this this guy has got this red lizard that's attached itself to him and digs its claws into him and rides him his whole you know his life has got this red lizard attached to it and this red lizard's constantly you know just freaking on him and telling him he's a jerk and talking to him and telling him what a dumbass he is and how much of a jerk he is and stuff like that and the guy is just you know he's just uh, this thing is just bringing me down so he's walking through the forest and he runs into this angel and the angel says hey I can remove that red lizard for you. And the guy says, yeah, you know, I, I do want this red lizard gone. This thing is bugging the crap out of me. It's bothering me. It's been riding me all my life. It's been saying horrible things. It's been just making me feel like a jerk. Um, yeah, why don't you go ahead and, and take out this red lizard? So the angel turns into this big glowing flame of fire and reaches out to grab the red lizard. And the guy goes, whoa, wait a minute. He's thinking... This is going to be painful. And the red lizard, seeing his reaction, says, he starts to plead for his life. He starts to say, whoa, you know, hey, I've got a little bit of power here. So he starts to campaign for his own life. He starts to say to the guy, wait a minute, dude. You know, this guy can do what he says. He can kill me. And do you really want that? I mean, what would you be without me? I do things for you. I, I'm what you got. I'm this thing that you have. I talk to you. Who else is going to talk to you? Who else is going to... And, and uh, Healed Addict, Kevin, uh, blogspot at his blog there, was talking about... He's emailed me with this, and he was talking about this analogy of the, the parasite. And that's what the red lizard is. It's a parasite. And it sits there, and it, it you hate it. But I've had a listener who emailed me. He says, I've got this love-hate relationship with porn. goes back to the aching hunger, the lyrics to that song where he says, you know, maybe something will, will kill this aching hunger. You know, maybe I can do something. That, maybe it'll just hurt so bad that it'll just choke out this aching hunger because it hurts. It hurts so good. You know, and, and that's what the that's what the red lizard wants you to feel. It wants you to think that you all you got is this red lizard. It's sitting there and it's sitting on your shoulder and it's going, hey, you know what? You, you, it, it, he'll destroy you. You can destroy me, but you don't really want that, do you? I mean, what are you going to do without me? You've got me. I've got you. We have a relationship. And I've been bad in the past, but come on, I can be a little better. You can control me a little better. I'll be nice. I'll be, I'll be almost innocent. That's what C.S. Lewis says in that story. And those words are, are powerful. This thing thinks it can, you think that you can be, you know, you can get this thing under control. I can, I can deal with this, Russ. You know, it, it does something for me, sure, but, you know, I can, I don't have to get rid of it altogether. I don't have to kill it. That's going to be painful. You know what? You have to kill it. Once you kill it, it, there's the freedom that's involved in this. The freedom you will feel with not having this monkey on your back. The freedom you will feel with having a better relationship with your wife. The freedom you will feel by having a relationship with other people, with yourself, and understanding who you are. You know, I felt like I was walking around in this life like it's just this prison, and I've had some, like this, oh, God, day after day. It's just another freaking day. 
What am I doing here? Who the heck am I? Once you understand why the red lizard needs to die, and you need to find that out for yourself, and that's some of the stuff that you need to talk about, that you need to get into going deep about, is what that red lizard has, why it has power over you. Why do you have a love-hate relationship to it? I know that your flesh loves it. And I know that there's going to be some parts of this addiction that it's going to take time to heal over. It's not going to happen overnight. But your attitudes, that's why this is attitudes of sexual integrity. I've said that so many times. But it's really true. It's changing your attitude about this is going to take time and it's not going to work out for your your attitude in the now in the in the present because it's going to take time to kill those little thoughts kill those little thoughts snuff out those little images that pop into your mind when you identify them and that's part of identifying the red lizard when it says something to you when the little things pop up in your mind and you can snuff them out when you allow that stuff to creep into your mind when you allow it sometimes you need to Get in and ask yourself, why do I allow myself to dwell on those thoughts? Why do I allow myself to dwell on those images? So many people are caught up in this, and so many people are caught up in this sick cycle. As Lifehouse has a tune that uh, is called the Sick Cycle Carousel. Got that emailed me, the lyrics by a listener. By Lifehouse. Eric emailed this to me, listener, and uh, just the lyrics are so true about what it takes to really stop this sick cycle. And I'll read you some of the lyrics here. It says, if shame had a face, I think it would look like mine. If it had a home, it would be my eyes. Would you believe me if I said I'm tired of this? Now here we go. Now one more time. The chorus is this. I tried to climb your steps. I tried to chase you down. Now this is like my relationship with God. You know, I had such a relationship with God that I just thought God was kicking my butt, that God was punishing me, that God was disappointing in me, that God just couldn't stand me, so he was just going to keep punishing me for this behavior that I kept doing. The chorus goes on. It says, I tried to see how I could get down to the ground. I tried to earn my way. These are two, these two lines was, was like, alright, if God's punishing me, then I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna just crouch down and, and sit here and take my whooping, you know. I'm gonna get my butt kicked here. And a lot of this stuff was just things that would happen in my life and I just thought that God was punishing me and I was just, I deserved it. Or I would try and earn my way. I'd try and be good enough, trying to score brownie points with God, you know, you do all the, the stuff and just be real religious, you know, and I'm gonna do the religious things. I'm gonna walk through, you know, S steps A through Z and I'm gonna be really good for God. I'm gonna be the good boy for God. And that's important, you know, God wants us to be obedient, but He wants us to be obedient because we love Him, not because we're gonna score some kind of brownie points. Um, chorus goes on. I tried to change this mind. You better believe I tried to beat this. And we are trying to beat this. That's why you're listening to me right now. It's because you are trying to beat this. But keep trying. you got to keep working on this. 
when you step down, that's when you stop. When you stop the sick carousels, when you step down. When you said, all right, God, I can't do this anymore. I am not good enough. I am not strong enough. I love you, God. I love my wife. I love my family. I love my wife. You know, my wife is is so incredibly awesome, and I just hurting her again. I could not deal with that again. I did not want to see the pain in her eyes again. I wanted to stop so bad. I I love this woman. She's so awesome. And and any more hurts that I caused her, where I realized that that it was either I was going to listen to that red lizard. Or I was going to keep hurting my wife again and again. Sooner or later, she was going to catch me again. Sooner or later, I would screw up enough or I would uh, be in a place where I could just dump it on her like it's her fault. And I, I, I love her and I do not want to go through that again. Once I could understand my relationship with God and how much I could love God and how much God really did love me. You know, God doesn't look down on you and see... This horrible, awful, sick person. All right, you need to understand that for yourself. Part of uh, salvation, part of getting saved, is understanding the grace of God. We are not, we don't deserve it. It is a gift. It is a gift from God. We don't deserve it at all. There's a a scripture in Ephesians that, that talks about that. It is a gift from God, so we can't boast. So we can't boast about it. We can't say how great we are. We can't say how cool we are. It's a gift. You can't earn it. And that's what I want you guys to understand, is that God really does love you, and he really does understand you. We want someone to understand us. And that's the main thing, you know, that's the part, of, that's why groups are so important. That's why getting an accountability partner that you can see face to face. This is another email I got from uh, Kevin talking about this. This we, we need someone to understand our struggle. We need someone who can look at us and, and understand who we are and, and the fact that we don't want to do this and we keep, you know, failing is hurting us. Um, I got another email from a listener who said he's going through some struggles, and I don't know why, but he is making his wife maybe his accountability partner. And, you know, you need to find another man. You need to find another guy, another guy who's going to see you, who's going to look in your face and say, you know, dude, what are you doing? You know, somebody who's not going to be injured or wounded by your actions, because Part of it is that is our payoff, you know. When we're identifying with our vampire, when we, you know, because part of being the vampire, part of this parasite, that's what Kevin uses in his blog. I thought that was a great analogy to this red lizard parasite. That's what it is. It's a parasite. It lives in us and it feeds off of our emotions, you know. It like, it just sits there and it, and it sucks on us. And Part of that parasite is understanding what makes us want to injure other people. What makes someone want to use their wife as a an emotional, you know, kind of a punching bag? And I'm not trying to hurt anybody's feelings by saying that, and I hope you don't take it that way. But that's what you're doing, man. When you see, when you say something like that to your wife, and you see her tears well up in her eyes, and she just gets mad or throws something or wants to toss you out of the frickin' house, that's when you need to realize that, you know, 
I need to, to get a different accountability partner. And it's because you're, that's what you're doing is you're hurting them. And you're identifying with your monster, with your vampire. I heard a story by a guy talking about the, the scorpion and the frog. And this frog is sitting by the side of the river. And he, uh, he's approached by the scorpion. The scorpion runs up and corners the frog and the frog just sits there and the scorpion goes, why aren't you scared? Aren't you going to jump in the water? And the, and the frog goes, well, I happen to know that you want to get across this river. And he says, I'm willing to help you with that. And the scorpion says, uh, well, how come, you know, well, how do you know I'm not going to sting you? And he says, well, you know, if you sting me, then you're not going to get across the river and you want to cross the river, right? And the scorpion says, all right. So the scorpion gets on the frog, climbs on his back, and they start to go across the river. And they get about halfway across the river, and the scorpion stings the frog right in the back of his neck. And the frog's going down, and, the, and it's like, why did you do that? You know. And then the scorpion's going down, and he's going to die. The frog's going to die. And the scorpion says, because I'm a scorpion. That's what I do. I sting things. And they both, you know, they drown in the river. But... Well, I was like, what is that story about? But basically, it's like identifying with your vampire. You know, I hurt people. You know, if, when you identify with your sin, when you think you are your sin, that's what you start to believe about yourself. I'm a scorpion. I sting things. I screw things up. That's what I do. That's not what you do. You are saved by God. You are, you know, if you're a Christian, you're covered by the blood of the Holy Spirit, by Jesus himself. God sent his son, died on the cross for our sins. We have no right to be looking at ourselves as the vampire anymore. When we understand that God has that much love for us, when we understand how much he loves us in that way, that's when we can really stop, get, we can get away from that, uh, that destructive, self-destructive, family-destructive type of thing, when we can get away from that. Because part of us wants to commit relationship suicide. You know, the Bible talks about that. It talks about sexual immorality as like following the, the lamb. You know, you're like a lamb being led to the slaughter. And you just follow right along. Oh, here we go. Let's go get killed. And that's when we're identifying with that, that sin nature, that monster. How do we cure that? How do we stop that? How do we get out of those emotional type of patterns, those emotional rivers, those cables that we've created in our minds? That's why I talk about a lot on this show. That's why I encourage your emails. CRussShaw at gmail.com. If you haven't been able to get a hold of me in the past, I apologize for that. But that's part of it, is being able to identify. I had a listener who started, uh, he emailed me and, and said he's gone two weeks. And that's not, you know, not his record, but he's, uh, saying, hey man, I've gone two weeks, I haven't failed in two weeks, and, and that's awesome. And then he started to go into something that has been on his heart emotionally, something that he's going through with a family member, and, and then he said in the email, he said, I don't know why I'm telling you this, but uh, at any rate, you know, I told you. But I'm glad that you did. You know, I'm glad that he told me. I'm glad that he said those things because that is part of dealing with that intimacy, that emotional stuff that's going on inside you. It's like the trash compactor, you know. Stuff happens in our lives, and it might not have to deal with the whole porn and the sex issue or things that happened when you were five or seven. It can be stuff that's happening right now, and you're just trying to process it emotionally. You know, this guy is dealing with his family issue and not knowing what to think about it, not knowing how to feel about it. You know, and that's part of addressing this stuff. 
It's that intimacy thing. It's that wanting to get somebody to understand. When we feel like we know somebody, when we feel like, hey, maybe you do know me. I will share this with you. And this listener, you know, that that part of his email was totally unrelated to, you know, porn and his struggle. And it was, you know, something that going on with a family member. Like, for example, um, maybe your mom comes to visit and, you know, you haven't seen your mom in a long time. And maybe your mom and your wife don't get along. And that, you know, set some kind of emotional thing in motion with you. This is just an example. This isn't what the email is about. But... That's what I'm talking about, is what kind of stuff goes on in your mind. And sometimes, that's why groups are so important. That's why I love being in, you know, the, getting in with the men's group, because we're all guys. We all deal with the same kind of guy stuff. We all have this broken kind of uh, not knowing how to feel about stuff, you know, and we talk about things. And, and we're all guys, you know, we get in our men's group, and it's like we're men, you know. We're not like freaking candy ass sitting around passing around the tissue kind of men. No, you know, we're men. But we still deal with the same type of family stuff. And we have a safe place where we know each other and we can say, hey, you know, this is the kind of stuff I'm dealing with. And other men come, you know, they're new guys and they will sit and then they'll listen to our stuff for a while. And then they'll interject things and add things. And then maybe one week something huge will happen to them where, man, you know, I got hit with this. And they know that we're all a safe place to listen to them to talk about it. And releasing that emotional stuff it's like it's like we get that the trash compactor thing we get all compacted down inside when we keep swallowing it we don't talk about it we don't ever say anything about what's going on in our lives so we keep pushing the button on the trash compactor without taking the trash out and it just starts to accordion up and when we react with either you know going back to our addictive behaviors or we rage or we you know look at porn or whatever so I think that groups are great. You know, I think that online forums are nice and blogs are great. But when you can get in a room with other guys and see each other face-to-face, heart-to-heart, look in each other's eyes, you know, hear each other's emotions and their voice and, and see them. You know, the eye is the window to the soul. When you can understand, when you can get someone to know you, all right, you know, all right, you know me, so I'm going to let you in a little bit. When you can do that with other guys who share a common uh, bond in a certain way, maybe just being men is that common bond. When you can start to do that and those guys maybe talk about the struggles that they have with their wives or their families, when you can start to take those little steps forward, you know, the first little step maybe getting on a blog and writing about this stuff, and I think that's important. The next little step maybe, you know, sharing an email with me or 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 sharing it publicly like on a on a message board or like a yahoo group that may be another little step with getting into a group with a bunch of other men or other women if you're a woman and and talking about this stuff intimately with those with those folks and when you can do that that's another little step and eventually you can get to the point where you can actually start sharing this stuff with your spouse when you can actually start opening your heart with your spouse but make it a goal you know make it a goal write it down say i'm going to blog about this first and and make that one month or two months i'm going to check into get into a group or counseling i'm going to start taking steps and, and really do that. Make those decisions to start to heal. Because when the, ultimately, what you need to be able to do is to be able to share your heart 
with your wife. And if you're not married, the, the wife that you will marry someday. Being able to share this stuff with the person you're in love with. Because a lot of us guys, we fall in love with our wives and our girlfriends, and then they become our wives, and we are trying to sell them the whole time. Or we look at our wives as some kind of a possession, like our car or something like that. No, they're your partner in this life. And they are there to share your hearts. You're there for each other. You share each other's burdens. You talk about intimate stuff with each other. And that is what will turn you on sexually. The way that God created it. When you can share your heart with each other. When, you know, guys, this is going to sound kind of touchy-feely, but when you can cry with your spouse, in front of your spouse, be that vulnerable in front of someone else. The Bible says that tears are better than laughter. You know, that's part of being free for me. Is You know what? I cry sometimes now. And I'm not trying to be a pussy or anything. I'm a man, all right? You know what? I'm a man. I'm a guy. I like freaking cars. I work on cars. I, I get, you know, I, I get sweaty, all right? I'm a freaking guy here. I'm not, you know... I'm I'm not this this whiny baby type of person, but I'll tell you what, being emotional enough to actually have tears in my eyes, not always about you know stuff that's sad, but stuff that's cool that happens too, is is powerful. It's strong. Tears really are better than laughter. You can feel your yourself start to you know the, all that pressure and all that that trash compactor letting out. So I just hope you guys understand that for yourselves, for your own self-interest, for your own safety, emotional safety, your own emotional intelligence. You know, getting in the gym and working on your heart and exercising your heart is, is so important. And, you know, download those episodes I did a while back about the heart exercise. I may add to some of those pretty soon here in the future. This is important stuff, and being able to get that it's powerful when you can get in a room face-to-face with folks and start to exercise your heart. Being able to be vulnerable in front of your own wife without her feeling like, you know, she's going to come and kick your ass. Because that's part of being in a group, you know. You get in a group with other guys, and they start talking about their relationships with their wives. Or being in a group like my group, where me and, and maybe my buddy Fane, who's in the group, you know, we have come a little bit farther in our progression towards, you know, whatever this goal in life is supposed to be for intimacy. And we can talk about how we handle situations with our wives, and, you know, we once you feel like you know us and we're a safe place, you know, guys like us, you can talk about it. And then you can bring that to your wife and start to really open your heart to her. Or in the future, when you do marry, you can be able to handle that with with somebody that you're in love with. So I hope all this helps, you know. And, and I, I just want you guys to know that you're not the vampire. And this is part of another exercising the fact that you're not the vampire. I got another message from a listener, email from a listener, and I just wanted to uh, tell him, and, and another listener who is dealing with the same stuff, dealing with their, their wives and just feeling like they have screwed up way too much. I have gone so far down. My wife is done with me. I have hurt her so bad. I've used her as an emotional punching bag. She is, she is so hurt. And... 
you know, it, I think it's over. I don't think she can deal with me anymore, and I, I'm losing, you know, losing hope. These guys, and uh, Mr. D in Tacoma, especially, I emailed him this, and I and I wanted to read it to you because my heart really got into what he said, and I remember my counselors and guys and groups telling me this, and uh, it it is this. Um, my attitude with my wife got to this point where I felt like that, where I felt like, you know, I'm done. I've just hurt her too bad. We, I can't, you know, well, this is over. Why bother? But uh, I, had to, I had to get to this attitude. I had to wrap my head around and my emotions around and decide to adopt this attitude that I will suffer and, and I will die to myself for my wife because I love my wife that much. I will die to myself, to my own flesh. I will look in her eyes and hold her by the hands and I will say this. Say this to your wife, guys. Look at her in her eyes. Get, it's important. Hold her hands. Look in her eyes. Make eye contact and say, listen, I will never stop loving you. No matter what you say to me, no matter what you do, I will never, ever stop loving you. I know I've caused you a great deal of pain and I'm going to heal this time. And I will show you. Looking in her eyes, you say this. And you better mean it. Please mean it. Pray to God that you will set goals to mean it. Look in her eyes and say, I will show you with my actions. Not my words this time. Because if you're like me, you've said a thousand times you're going to stop. And it's all empty to a certain point to your wife. But you show her. You tell her. You will show her with your actions. You will have to throw me out, honey, because I love you, and I will never, ever stop loving you. Nothing you can do to me will ever cause you to not have, cause me to not have love for you. I will never, ever stop loving you. When you can say that to your wife, when you can look in her eyes and love her that much, die to yourself. Remember the Bible says, men... Love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. Other translations have said, uh, like Jesus died on the cross for his church. You know, that is how much we are called to love our wives. I love my wife enough to die to myself for her. Enough to look at the freaking red lizard when it's telling me how much I need it to say no. I love my wife. I'm going to pick up the phone. I'm going to call somebody. I'm going to get in a group. I'm going to call a counselor. I'm going to do something to make steps towards conquering this thing. I will never stop. I will never stop loving my wife, and I will never stop taking steps to conquer my disease in my heart. I will do that. I want to leave you with this, uh, 1 Corinthians 9.27 from the Amplified Bible. But like a boxer, I buffet my body. I handle it roughly, disciplining it with hardships. I subdue it for fear that proclaiming to others the gospel and the things that pertain to it, I myself shall be unfit, not able to stand the test, not approved or rejected as a counterfeit. Loving God enough to discipline your flesh, to take these steps 
towards healing, towards, you know, killing the red lizard, not listening to the red lizard, conquering that thing, stopping that sick cycle carousel, just stopping it, putting your foot down, you step down off it. Step down to your own pride, to your own wanting to control everything, and just just say, God, all right, you know, I'm going to do it your way. I love you, Lord, and I'm going to do it your way. I don't have enough power. I don't have enough strength. I'm going to do it your way, God, because I tell you what, the reason you're listening to my voice right now is because I am not that great a guy. It's because God is way greater than I am. I have made choices to follow God, yes, but I am not strong enough. I am not good enough. I am not righteous enough. God knows I am not a righteous dude. You know, I am not a holy roller. I am filthy ragamuffin before God. I am like a beggar reaching my hand out to receive the gift of salvation. And that love that God has shown me is the only way I was able to really look into my own heart to be able to discipline myself enough to conquer this thing. So, don't you ever quit. Don't you ever stop trying to get off this six-cycle carousel. You can do this. Send me an email. It's crussshaw at gmail.com. That's crussshaw at gmail.com. Thanks uh, for the listeners who contacted me about the email problems I will get that under control and I hope all the downloads of the shows are going well till next week thanks for listening keep up the fight keep fighting you keep getting up keep talking to that keep opening your heart bye would you believe me if I said I'm tired of this well, here we go now, one more time I try to climb your steps I try to chase you down I try to see how low I can get down to the ground I try to earn my way I try to tame this mind You better believe that I am trying to beat this So we're all missing, it goes on and on